Mature, Mature content. content. Listener discretion is advised. And blessings, fellow journeying tarot nerds. Welcome and thanks for tuning in to the TV and Tarot Talk podcast, where we chill, chat, and tarot. I am your host, Naya Thrice. And I'm Meg Watson. The aim of this podcast is to explore tarot in a chill, casual, and fun way through the lens of TV and pop culture. TV and Tarot Talk podcast is meant to be a safe place to explore concepts, as stories and shows can serve as a shared experience to build an understanding from. For this set of The Walking Dead episodes, we will only be covering the 22 major arcana cards and a few bonus episodes sprinkled in before deep diving into another TV series. This is a rewatch spanning the whole of the AMC's The Walking Dead universe, so beware because spoilers are ahead. Spoiler alert! Spoiler alert! Warning! 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 Spoiler! And now for your hosts. All right, beautiful people, welcome to TV and Tarot Talk, The Walking Dead Edition. This is episode six, and we will be exploring the lover's card. We do not have any uh, housekeeping items from the last time as we were recording on the same day as we recorded the Hierophant episode. And let's just jump into it. So, Lover's Card is on deck. Meg, would you like to start off with some keywords? Will do. Uh, We have choice, sex and love, duality and unity, the self in relation to others, relationships, partnership, passion and reason, the super conscious mind as conscious plus unconscious combined, uh, harmony and balance, aligned values, interdependence, codependence, uh, short trips, uh, choosing of one, choosing one of two divergent paths, interpersonal dynamics um, in relationships as opposed to institutional construct of it, um, emotional ties relating the voice of the heart, connection, attraction, union of opposites through love, becoming conscious through relationships. All right. In reverse, we have, uh, you know, bad choices, fickleness, inconsistency, uh, troubled or unhealthy relationships, quarrels, disagreements, separations, and opposition. As people, uh, clearly we have lovers, couples, business partners, uh, twins, uh, good friends, um, things of that sort. And the astrological attributions are the zodiac sign of Gemini, ruled by Mercury, and the element is air. All right. Drama, 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 drama. Let's get into the show. <laughs> What's up? Uh, um, you can start off with uh, your first point, whatever you got. Okay. Uh, for my first point, I have Dwight and Sherry. Dwight and Sherry. Both because they are a couple and because they make some pretty hefty choices. Mm-hmm. Um, it's also kind of fun because uh, it ties in the imagery um, mirroring between the lover's card and the devil card. Um, you have the the two figures next to each other and then one looming figure. And in the lovers, it's the angel. And in the devil card, it is Baphomet. So it's this idea of choice versus feeling like you don't have a choice or not having a clear view of the options that you have mm-hmm. in regard to a choice. Um in season seven, episode th- three, at uh, about 25 minutes, um, Dwight is talking to Sherry about 
having a choice versus not having a choice. Or no, I'm sorry, it's the the guy that's um on the road uh-huh. when he when he goes after the guy that um is trying to run away from the sanctuary. Yeah. And that guy is is saying, you know, see that's what he tells us that we have no choice, but it, everything has to be his way. And that's not really how it like we do have a choice. There's a lot more of us than him. Um and and Dwight gets it, but he's he's also like, look, man, I'm I'm in a corner. Like he's he's got my wife. <laughs> yeah. So it's that idea of um thinking that you don't have options, but really just not seeing all of them and how that affects your choice. And Sherry agreeing to uh, or even offering to marry Negan mm-hmm. in exchange for saving Dwight's life. Mm-hmm. Like these are heavy, heavy choices and they're made out of love. Like she offers to marry Negan to save the person she really cares about. Right. And he agrees to become a lieutenant for Negan to save his wife. And to be able to stay in the community where she is, to be near her. Right. Yeah. Sherry and Dwight. Oh. <laughs> Those two. I feel so bad for them. Yeah. No, because Sherry even saves, like, Daryl. Mm-hmm. Right? She helps him escape, which has nothing to do with the relationship between her and Dwight. But, um, but it, I mean, it also does because they she makes they make the choice to take his crossbow and his motorcycle and go back. Oh yeah, that's and true. He's giving them another option, and they're like, "No, we're good." Yeah. So like, she, how different would things have been if they were like, "You know what? We're gonna go with you back to Alexandria." Right. Yeah, they had a doctor there and everything. They probably could have gave that girl her medicine. Well, right. Or at least done something. Hmm. The lovers card. Conceptually, in the show, it seems almost say flipping. It's just it's that mercurial energy. Because yeah, Sherry and Dwight is interesting because, like you said, they're one of the couples where we definitely see how their choices are affected by the oppressive regime of of Negan. But as we as we follow them over, like, to fear and stuff, mm-hmm. and you start understanding that backstory, like, you definitely see how they connect uh, in, a, in, like, the lover's card angle, mm-hmm. right? Minus uh, the trauma of, of what they dealt with over with the saviors and stuff. Yeah. Ain't good to you. Yeah. You know, if you were to compare Glenn and Maggie with Dwight and Sherry, mm. because remember, there was a point where the whole after the prison, everybody was separated and Maggie and Glenn finally found each other. But what if they got intercepted on the way to Terminus by the saviors? Mm. Would they have made similar decisions that? Dwight and Sherry made for each other. I almost think that they would, you know? At least to start. Well, right. Not that they, I mean, because clearly Sherry and Dwight don't want to stay there any longer than they have to either. But also just, I mean, Maggie is not one to bend the knee. Yeah. Like, she doesn't respect you. That's nope. Yeah, but it <laughs> but that that's true. But there's also there's also something to be said about knowing that people have your back where you can be 
obstinate enough to just be just say no knowing that people will back you up you know yeah but if you're just like on your own and you get kidnapped you gotta adapt right you Mm -hmm. have to kind of okay i'm gonna go along with this and just survey the area and kind of see what's going on uh make the choice that's going to keep me alive and then get out when i can Mm -hmm. uh you know that kind of thing i don't know i mean i'm just trying to put it in perspective because we come to Dwight and Sherry well into the show well after you can clearly see that they have a bond but we really don't have any idea about their backstory yeah you know it just seems like they were basically stuck they had no one else to back them up and so they had to do what they had to do Mm -hmm. they definitely made some hard choices and they tried to leave and then they got pulled back in and that made it worse for them and then it kind of frees Dwight up in terms of choice and options um, after Sherry leaves when she's no longer part of the equation. It's like, oh, okay, I can deal with Negan now. Right. He only has to worry about himself. Yeah. That's true. I forgot that Sherry gets out somehow by herself. Yeah, she uh, helps Daryl escape. And then she leaves after that, right? Yeah, to kind of cover up her escape. Right, 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 right. And Sherry hooked it up. Yeah. She went out on I'm glad that they brought those characters. She regretted her choices with, with Daryl. She was like, I should not have done that. We should have gone with you. Oh, I'm yeah. Trying to make up for it. Right. Because that put a salty taste in Daryl's mouth about the saviors as well. Oh, yeah. Because of how Sherry and Dwight handled that situation at first. Mm-hmm. And you feel like Daryl kind of understands where Dwight is coming from, but not, like, he doesn't have the backstory. But he knows that given how Sherry is in is interacting with him, that they're in a, a rough position, that this was, yeah. they, they made a poor choice, and now they're dealing with the consequences of it. Right. Yeah, Daryl's really observant in that way, too, and recognizes that him and Dwight are kind of in a similar position. Mm-hmm. Um, I love that they communicate through arrows. Yeah. Um, and that's, you know, teamwork as well. Yeah. But they are, they're similar people. Mm-hmm. And I think that's part of the rub, <laughs> part of the... <laughs> What what starts them off like, I'm not sure about you. Yeah. Yeah, because they kind of have like an unspoken like partnership and exchanging information. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, because just on the lover's card, there's the, in uh, Marseille style decks, there's usually like a Cupid with the arrows mm-hmm. on there, which is why yeah. I brought up the information and, and the arrows between Dwight and, uh, and Daryl. Mm-hmm. I don't think I have any more, anything else to add about Sherry and Dwight. Yeah. Of course, the most infamous love triangle is the one between Rick, Shane, and Lori. Oh, yeah. And that one, it's has more of a, uh, where... Lori has to, has been the one making the choice, you know, the figure on like a TDM card making a choice between her, her husband (laughs) and her lover, I guess. It's. And the fact that Rick and Shane are literal work partners. Yeah. Like you're, you're making a choice between people who have a tight bond of their own. They've known each other since, like, high school. Yeah, and they were both, uh, right, cop, cops, so they were, and partners mm-hmm. in that. And uh, I just, it's it's such a interesting dynamic because you watch the show. I, I just remember, I remember not knowing nothing about nothing, and I'm watching the show, and I'm like, okay. Oh God, Lori, Lori and Shane are sleeping together. Yep. But, but Rick's alive, you yeah. know, and and then they all connect and everything, and I'm like, oh, this. Well, and it's all because of Shane's choice to leave Rick at the hospital to like 
blockade the door so that the walkers can't get at him, but to leave him there to live or die. Like, he he thinks he's dead, but does he think he's dead? We don't really know what's going through Shane's mind. Yeah, I think he didn't know what to do. The situation is dire. I'm sure his, Mm -hmm. you know, heart rate was up with all the guns going off and everything. Um, You're in fight or flight mode. I get it. Yeah. And, um... You know, so there's that, but there's also the uh, the other part that I think they show it to us, but I think we fail to recognize it sometimes, which is, well, am I thinking about that right? I was going to say when Lori and Shane um, see them drop like the napalm in Atlanta, mm-hmm. but but Rick's not in a hospital in Atlanta. He's in a hospital. No. Yeah, he's in, in their little hometown in their hometown okay so then that doesn't count never mind i was gonna try to use that as a point for but it's a point against <laughs> <laughs> well i mean when she finds out that rick is alive she's super pissed at shane she's like you told me he was dead yeah yeah because now they're in a precarious situation yeah you know and I didn't realize there was a choice to be made until it was like, oh, shit, I have other options. I do have a gripe with Lori, though, about this. You've been married with Brick for, I don't know, let's just call it 20 years. I don't know, whatever. Since they got married young. So whatever, 15 years, whatever, doesn't matter. Yeah. Doesn't matter. In the context of the show, I am pretty sure that only like six months has passed. If that, I feel like it's been like a month. Not yeah, but let's just say even if even if it's six months, mm-hmm. really, like yeah, you just—I'm gonna have to agree. Like that's just—I like, too... realize it's the end of the world and everything, but come on. I feel like I would be too grief stricken across the board, especially because of my of my husband being dead. Yeah, I would not even be thinking about sex at all. Oh, especially considering like, what are you gonna do when you get pregnant? Like, yeah. Like the world has gone to shit. You know, so she's so mad at Shane because she said, oh, but you told me my husband was dead. But he yeah. hasn't even been dead six months yet. And you're already yeah. sleeping with the guy. I understand he's protecting you and your kid, but. But that was a choice you made. Yeah, it was a choice she made. So I'm just, she's just as guilty. She cannot just blame him. Oh, absolutely not. You know. And that- I think that's why Rick is so upset. Like, he, he intellectually understands okay you were in a this weird position but he's also like we were married what the fuck yeah it has it's only been x amount of time yeah you know because i mean it, let's say it had been at least a year or two and then mm-hmm. he pops back up then i feel understandable i feel like then maybe so, so much more has changed and shifted and everything that okay fair enough right but, like, we have Michonne, who has Rick's child, his actual child, mm-hmm. not Shane's child. Yeah. And this kid is now, like, five, and she's still like, nope, I'm good. I'm not trying to date anybody. <laughs> uh, yeah, I think Michonne's circumstance is different, though, because she oh, has a sure. whole community to run and, and that she's a part of, and she has support and everything else where – I and she can take care of herself. Yeah, like, yeah. Lori needs somebody to, to protect her. Protect her. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, that I mean that love triangle right there is woo wee. Yeah. <laughs> I mean it, it's the driving force of the whole show because um, then Rick comes back and Shane is like he's happy. It's so it already starts off with the most Look complex of face. of feelings, right? Like between yeah. those three characters, you're just like, oh snap! Because Shane, see, yeah, the face he makes when he sees Rick, you can see the wheels turning. Like, oh shit, what does this mean? Yeah, he's like, he's happy he's alive. Yeah, but, it's his best friend, but, but it's also his rival for Lori. But then I've been sleepy with your wife because we thought you were dead but you're not dead anymore oh my god what do i do and then she turns out pregnant Mm -hmm. she knows that is shane's kid and she she tells him listen i got the okay you know she has to say you know these are our kids you're not the you know you're not yeah, even dad. if it's yours, it's not yours. Which is, listen, that's very emasculating. Yeah. And in that world and in that situation, I felt like she should 
put on her big girl panties and just own up to what it was. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, this is the world now. And this look, I made a jacked up decision. But you guys need to, like, be grown ups about this, too. I mean, that's just how, because then what she does is she starts egging on Rick about Shane being possessive and being weird. But of course he's going to be weird. That's his kid. Yeah. You know, so when, when Shane kind of trips out, it's, is it really his fault? Other have some entitlement too, though, because he's very much like, I took care of your wife and your kid and now they're mine. (sighs) Yeah. I don't like how Lori handled that situation. Um, she could have handled. Yeah. She could have handled it better because she was like telling, you know, saying things about to Shane like in private, and then he say, you know, being a little bit possessive or whatever, and then she goes and tells Rick he's dangerous. She's all yeah. up in his ear. He's dangerous. You know, we're not safe. And then she's egging them both against each other in this opposition, mm-hmm. and and then you know Rick does. I mean, and then it all plays out how it plays out. And then she wants to be mad at Rick about it. Yeah. Like she didn't have she she wasn't in there stirring the pot up enough, yeah, you know. And I'm not justifying every action that that Shane made, but I just feel like when it comes to oh, Rick was the only grown up in that situation. Yeah, trying to you know at least wanting to take ownership of like his kid or whatever, he, he should have been able to do so. And I think that might have given him a different kind of purpose had that mm-hmm. been had that been allowed and just dealt with in accordance. Sued, listen, this is what it was. And then Rick feels bad and he got to take care of Shane and Lori's kid. Mm-hmm. Little Judith. Little ass kicker. Little ass kicker. <laughs> uh, yeah, that is such a ten intense dynamic right off the beginning. Oh, yeah. Of the show. And it gets crazy. Well, and uh, in terms of like the dysfunctional codependent thing, we have the... Uh, the Irish woman from the airport who Rick finds in the woods. Oh, and, yeah. And she's like, can you help me get this boar to my husband? We haven't eaten in days. He's dying. Like, he's not doing well. We need help. And as they're walking and she's saying, like, I can't be without him. Like, he's taking care of everything. I don't know what I would it, it, what I would do or what I would be without him. Yeah. And then it turns out that it's a severed walker head. Oh, yeah. hasn't been her husband for quite some time. Yeah. And she asks Rick, you know, she's, she says she's she kills herself. She stabs herself in the stomach and asks Rick not to, to take her down, to let her turn so that she can be with her husband. And he does. Yeah, the world is so freaking jacked. Yeah, I've always felt bad for her. Cause she, you could tell she just lost it mentally, yeah. you know, just like not in, in reality. When he's asking her the, the three questions mm-hmm. and uh, she says she's only killed one person herself and he asks why. And she says, you don't get to come back from this. And she's talking about the loss. She's not talking about this world. Yeah. She like literally cannot go on without her husband. Yeah, I remember that. Because uh, that's like one of the first times that Rick kind of goes out after he, he comes out of the emotional spiral with from losing Lori, right? Yeah, yeah. So he completely understands that sense of loss. Yeah. But also he's like, but I have to keep going. Yeah. Like I remember at first um, I was very like – Clearly, you don't trust anybody when you meet new people in the show. Yeah. But I was like, something's off. Like, I don't know. I just, and then when I found out what it was, it's like, oh, she's just not accepting reality, you know, in yeah. a in a, in a a healthy way. And so I felt bad for her. But good point with the, with those particular keywords for, for that lady. We also have the weird thruple thing with, <laughs> you like Eugene, Rosita, and Abraham. I can see that. I mean, Eugene isn't, like, interested, really. He's, like, it's just kind of entertainment. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, I think, you know, clearly they've been on the road with each other all for a really long time. And Abraham and Rosita 
you know, have a sexual relationship. Mm-hmm. And I, I don't think that Eugene doesn't think that Rosita is attractive, but like he watched, I don't know. It's weird. I mean, it's a known thing and it, for whatever, on whatever understanding it is, it works for them. Yeah. You know what I mean? Because at the end of it all, like, you know, Eugene and Rosita become best friends after she forgives him for all the, after he confesses his sins, if you will. Um, Mm -hmm. She then understands him and, you know, they have a genuine love for each other. And I still think that that. She pushes him with some very tough love. Yes, she does. Which he needs at that point. And I think it's cool because she also pushes him to, like, go after, what's her name from the Commonwealth? Stephanie? Yeah. Yeah, she pushes him, like, like, hey, if you think you love this girl, like, go after after what you want, you know? You can't keep being a coward, et cetera, et cetera. Mm -hmm. So it's, it's Eugene's journey to find love that actually introduces Commonwealth into the fold. Mm-hmm. Which turns out to be both better and worse <laughs> for the groups, you know, because they were, you know, they were starving and stuff. But, um, but yeah, I think the Rosita Abraham, Eugene thing is, um, is interesting for a while because you're just not mm-hmm. sure. <laughs> What's going? But they bicker. You know what I mean? Like they're bickering about you know why? Why are we stopping in the middle of the train tracks? You know? Yeah. And Abraham's like, you don't stop driving. You don't stop driving. <laughs> He's the navigator. He told me to stop. You know? <laughs> and they're all like bickering with each other. It's hysterical. Well, and then we have uh, Abraham, Rosita, and Sasha. Yes. Which gets very interesting. Abraham is breaking up with Rosita. Oh my god! Yeah. You got to put that clip in there because, oh. Yeah. Packing your stilettos? Only be gone tonight. I'm going. I am too, but tomorrow. I'm leaving. Why? It happens. Are you serious? This is how I want it. Why? Why are Dingleberries brown? Just the way shit is. No. No, after everything we've been through, you are not looking at that door unless you can tell me why. Tell me! Tell me why! When I first met you, I thought you were the last woman on Earth. You're not. He's basically saying, I didn't realize I had a choice. I thought you were you were it. And now that I realize that I have a choice, I'm going to make the choice. And he chooses Sasha. Yeah. And he's such a dick about it. Like, you did not have to break up with her like that. I think that he – I know what you mean. I, I do know what you mean, but I think he was trying to rip the Band-Aid off. He yeah. didn't want to leave any gray area about, you know, mm-hmm. uh, that maybe there still might be a chance or anything like that. He had to basically throw the stones at her to make her understand that it's it's a, a no all the way around. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's still hard to listen to, <laughs> uh, and all. Well, that. it's like right after he tells her that she's damn near perfection. Like oh, I know the fuck, dude. I know. I think he, <sighs> Abraham. But yeah, he had to do it right right afterwards, like that. Though that's so yeah. that's so wrong. That is wrong. But he had to. He couldn't have done it in a gentle way. He had to do it that yeah. way. He had to, um, and I think the other thing about it too is 
you know, Sasha was like, if you're really trying to be with me, you need to handle your business. So she didn't step on anybody's toes or anything mm-hmm. um, either and made him handle it like an adult. Yep. You know what I'm saying? And she feels bad for Rosie, Doug. Like, yeah. she, re- she realizes that you know, this is not fair and I'm sorry. Yeah, of course. Yeah, she's not like, you know mean like haha or whatever like she genuinely uh feels for her yeah yeah well and when abraham is with rosita it's very much uh in the moment relationship they're they're not thinking about the future beyond you know getting to washington and then it's up in the air once they realize washington isn't really a thing right 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 whereas with sasha uh, season six, episode 16, yeah. at about 22 minutes, he's talking about having a baby with her. <laughs> and it's like, now that you've made this choice, you're able to see a path ahead. I'm sorry. You know, kind of going into um, the chariot from the lovers. Once you've made that choice, you can pick a direction. Yeah, yeah. No, and I'm sorry I'm giggling. I'm giggling because I'm thinking about when Abraham asks uh, Glenn in the trailer <laughs> about the Bisquick. Bisquick. Were you trying to make pancakes? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and the look on Glenn's face like, what? That's <laughs> <laughs> uh, so good. Um. <clears throat> I also think that the the Abraham Rosita Sasha dynamic um, again plays really intense and heavy after when when Sasha says she's gonna take Abraham's body to Hilltop. Oof. Yeah, you get such great imagery there with the uh, the TDM lovers card. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and then they just have that. Uh, you know, there's like an emotional heaviness. There's an understanding and a respect there all at once. Mm-hmm. And that's really when Rosita lets go of Abraham. Well, I mean, she got a choice at that I mean, point. Yeah. But I mean, when when Sasha says, I'm going to take him and she just says, OK. Yeah, I think, too, the way that Sasha says it, it's it's a state- it's not a question. Yeah, it's a statement. But there is a little bit of a question in, in it. Right. Like, again, I'm not trying to step on your toes. You've been on the road with this man. Mm-hmm. Right. But we know where we all were. So she just wanted to know. It's the statement with the question inflection. And then Rosita just gives the nod like, OK, you know. Like, it's, it's like I, I'm going to do this regardless, but I'd like your blessing. Yeah. Yeah. Like, again, that respect. That respect piece. Mm-hmm. Because I almost even feel like if Rosita said, maybe we should take him to Alexandria, that yeah. Sasha might have agreed with that as well. Yeah. Just because that's who he was riding with, who he was defending and all that kind of stuff. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, um, but the easiest course, recourse, of course, is just to just agree with it and say, yeah, go ahead and take him with Glenn. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Because that's something else, too, is that Glenn and Abraham, they became road dogs. Yeah. When Abraham's like, I want to take Glenn with me. You know what I mean? And mm-hmm. he's like, I'll go with you, but just stay one more night at the church. You know, all this kind of stuff. But the yeah. li- that's a little bit more of a digression. But anyways, yeah. Ugh. Heavy stuff. The lovers, the lovers. So we also have that platonic and raw naked love that is Daryl and Carol. Yeah, the twins. It's just... Gen- it's, that's... Yes. Family. Yes. It's just genuine and raw and they work so good together. There's unspoken. They really see each other. Yeah. And it fully accept each other. Yeah. They can anticipate each other's moves during when they're on missions and stuff. Like <laughs> they just kind of know that they have each other's back and they oh, can and, uh, intuit, you know, how the next person is going to be moving in that situation. Sure. Is trying to get Daryl to attack the savior caravan mm-hmm. uh, by uh, framing Carol. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. And, like, sending those people there. And Daryl is like, if she gets a cold, if she gets struck by lightning, I will find you and I will fucking kill you. Yeah. <laughs> oh, he, he was like, what is her name? Yeah. He was not even taking no, that chance. not going to happen. 
Not even taking that chance. And every time that they get separated and then come back together, they have just the the warmest hug and the the look the way they look at each other. You're just like they're back together. Yeah, yeah. Every time. I mean, I don't even know what else to say, other than it's just a joy to watch them on screen together. Yeah, and see how their characters come and come and go and ebb and flow and work together and grow together yeah yeah definitely and i think that's that's a big part of the lover's card too is that it's growing together it's deep deep partnership you know not going it alone having somebody have your back yeah and they know each other's more deeper intimate background details Mm -hmm. um than other characters necessarily know yeah I feel like we might have discussed this a little bit before. And I think that's what, what makes it so so nice to watch, you know. Next lovers pair. Uh Aaron and Eric. Yes. I love those two. Um Eric's death was hard. Like I did not remember how intense it was. Yeah. That he's he's saying, you know, you need he's telling Aaron, you need to leave. You need to go help everybody else um, get out of here. And Aaron does not want to leave him. He's like, I know the condition that he's in and he's he's not going to make it. And then going and doing stuff and coming back and Eric's body is gone. And he watches him walk into the herd and there's like nothing you can do about it. Yeah. That's just heartbreaking. Yeah, he... he... <sighs> Poor Aaron. Poor Eric. And, and so sad that he finds Gracie after that because I think that the two of them raising Gracie together would have been so beautiful. Yeah. And they, they both wanted kids together, right? Yeah. So him raising Gracie is like an, him honoring yeah. Eric and everything. And Denise and Tara. Oh, I love them too. And I love how Tara gives Denise encouragement. Mm-hmm. And then that gives Denise the strength to go out with Daryl and Rosita and help them make better choices. Mm-hmm. Denise's death always bothers me, too. Oh, when she gets back to uh, – when Tara gets back to Alexandria and everybody else knows that Denise has died, but she doesn't mm-hmm. and – you just see Eugene start crying. Yeah. Like, he can't even say anything, and she already knows. Yeah. Oh, That one hurt. Yeah, that one really hurts, too, because she's, um, she's giving them a speech because they're both having moments, so she's trying to give them a pep talk. Yeah. And it's stupid Dwight with, with Daryl's crossbow. <laughs> Yeah. Of all the things. Like, just to add salt into the wound, you know? Yeah. So. You know. Piss me off. (laughs) (laughs) I love Denise. Yeah, because she said she went to med school to be a surgeon, but she had a really bad reaction to it, and so she went into psychology. But when Rick killed... Jesse's husband, Pete. Oh. Yeah, you know, it left them all without a surgeon, so she stepped up, mm-hmm. and um, and Tara, oh, yeah, Tara. Tara helped her deal with her anxieties about it and all that, all that stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I also love Bob and Sasha. Yes, because Bob was just a little ray of sunshine. Yeah. And Sasha is just Bob. so mean. <laughs> their, their little game where she's like, what about this terrible thing? And he's like, uh, here's the good side. Yeah. Silver lining. Yeah. So cute. And I mean, he's doing that like on his deathbed. I know. Like, this is not the time. And he's like, I don't have any time to do this after this. So. Yeah. And maybe her giving Abraham any wiggle room might come from that echo of Bob trying to go look at the bright side of things yeah and of course 
I mean, there's so many. So, well, I think we talked a lot about Glenn and Maggie in the last episode. Mm-hmm. Um, but clearly, they're they're a lover's card, or uh, they're a lover's card. <laughs> <laughs> they're you know in a relationship. They're like the lovebirds of the story. Mm-hmm. Like they're both just so into each other, and you know, fight to get back to each other, and they're young and in love and everybody else there you know might be in relationships and stuff but they're just already in the relationship when we meet them or they're older by the time they start getting into relationships mm-hmm. glenn and maggie are like the teenage love affair yeah <laughs> i yeah. mean not that they're teenagers but they're they're I'm young like enough 22. they're young enough to to fit it kind of in that you know yeah for sure in their hormonal the hormonal piece. <laughs> I'm just going to go down the line. Carl, Enid, and Ron. Oh, yeah. Sort of a, a mini version of the parental figures involved there, too. Because then you've got um, Rick, Jesse, and Pete. Oh, yeah. Yeah, there's a, there's a lot of drama at, in Alexandria when we first get there. Like, y'all are still definitely the suburbs. yeah because Enid and Carl see eye to eye because they were both outside and Ron was never outside yeah but Ron can't stand Carl because Rick killed his dad and Mm -hmm. so there's a double and 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 Rick is like courting his mom Mm -hmm. so there's like I feel nothing for nothing like on the on the rewatch I was like man I you know what I'm not mad at Ron. Also, I mean, they're like 15, so he's got to be super hormonal and just like, this is probably his first relationship. That's a lot for a 15-year-old to deal with. Yeah. And I just, I can't be mad at him. Yeah. Yeah. Once the walkers, like, get his... his dad is not exactly a great influence. No, that's, that's true and fair, but... Um, there is also that part where Rick is trying to tell him what to do. And -hmm. it's like, you cannot tell me what to do. Well, and that's what Jesse says. She's like, if, if it's coming from you, he will not hear it. Yeah. 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 And and Rick just couldn't see that for a minute. Mm -hmm. You know, he's like, but I'm right. (laughs) Like That's great. But that doesn't mean that he's going to hear you. Yeah. No. And it, I mean, I just try to put myself in in Ron's shoes, and I I would be like, yeah, no, you're the guy who killed my dad. Yeah. Even if my dad was an asshole. Yeah. You know, point blank, period. Like, just, yeah. So I, I, that poor kid, he just got a lot going on. But see, all these lover dynamic and choices just make for the most amount of drama. Mm Mm-hmm. Well, because the show is really about people. It's not Definitely. about the walkers. It's about what happens to the people who survive. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And so when Ron's mom and little brother get, uh, well, I was going to say um, eaten by the walkers, but Rick has to hatchet her arm Yeah. to let go of car. So he's seeing that. He, okay, you killed my dad. You're hacking yeah. at my mom. Yep. I'm going to, you know, I'm, I'm going to gun you down. And then mm-hmm. that there goes the end of that family. God, well, Spencer felt the same way about Rick. Spencer was like, he was talking to Gabriel at one point about, yeah. you know, what, all these people died right after Rick got there. And Gabriel's like, but what would have happened if he hadn't been there? Like, who might have died instead? How many other people? Yeah. Like, you, you can't know what would have happened with the choice you didn't make. Mm-hmm. That's true. Oh, you know who I love as a couple? Mercer and Princess. <gasps> yes. Okay, first of all, I just love Princess, like, so much. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> just so out there and loud and... Bubbly. Yeah. And Mercer is so, like, tight-laced and by the book and orderly. And so the two of them together is just fascinating and amazing and hilarious it is i like when they tell her that she can go to commonwealth with them and she was like 
really Thuni candy Thuni books and she gets like really excited <laughs> or whatever I love that part so much yes do we have enough time to grab stuff for my stash I, I, I've got food and clothes and a cool spear and some candy does this mean I get to have my gun back can I know where we're going is there a map do I get to hold it but she's super observant and everything else. Um, I I do like, and I know not really at that point, but there's a part where Princess basically sets her boundaries about Mercer having to make a choice. Mm-hmm. And because cause she's, she's realizing that Commonwealth is not what she thought it was, and so she's going to leave. Yeah. And that's... And, and knowing that he knows that it's not right. what it appears to be. Right. Like, you have access to the inner workings. You you know what's going on. You've been avoiding making this choice. Yeah. But it's always been there. Yeah. And she tells him his backstory, her backstory. Mm-hmm. And, and, and then she makes this um, comparison to that, but a bigger scale with the Commonwealth. Yeah. And he really takes that to heart, you know. And I think... He she, respects her. Yeah. And she respects him too, but she was yeah. like, but if you're going to sit here and not do anything about it, then I can't. Yeah. And then what's the point? Yeah. Yeah. And that's probably one of the more serious bits that Princess has had to do. Oh, for sure. I mean, she has a couple of of in, intense episodes, but that in terms of the lovers and choice and, mm-hmm. you know, a partnership and all that stuff, I think that's a really good example yeah, like you can love somebody, but if you can't respect them, how are you going to be able to be together? And that's kind of what she's telling him. Like, I can't respect you if you're not going to make this choice. Yeah, you're the head of the police department, essentially. Mm-hmm. And innocent people are dying. Yeah. Why would this be? Why do I want to live in this world? Yeah. When you can make that change, you can make that choice. Yeah. Oh, I can't wait till we get to those episodes, too. But, yeah, I love Princess and Mercer. They're so good. Man, there's a lot of relationships. I feel like we can go on and on and on and on. Yeah. We talked about Rick and Michonne, right? Yeah. At least a little bit. Yeah. I think the two of them, I guess in a quick synopsis kind of thing, they ebb and flow a lot about the choices that they make and it's not just the choices that they make with each other in a relationship but uh they always think about the group as well yeah you know it's also we've talked about um rick as emperor and michonne as empress yeah and then you have the lover's card as the alchemical joining of the emperor and empress yeah and they both are aware that their choices really affect the whole group yeah Uh, when they're um when they find the fairgrounds or the school carnival and they they're talking about um she's like well somebody's gonna have to be in charge of all of this coming together of the communities like why should it should be you and he's like no it should be us right right which they both at different points in time do that right yeah um when rick is freaking out (laughs) and and she has to like hit him in the back of the head yeah. And then they have that conversation and he said, you know, I thought you were maybe, you know, judge me or something. And she's like, well, you know, it needs to be us. Yeah. Ma- you know, making the choice. Keep the gun if you feel like you need to keep the gun. But, yeah. you know, just keep me f- f- informed, man. What the hell? <laughs> be the chili and mac and cheese together. Yeah. <laughs> chili mac. Yum. <laughs> uh, that's good. Um, Ezekiel and Carol. Yeah. That's another one that they really understand each other. Like, mm-hmm. she's the person that he is most real with. Yeah. You know, he has this, like, grandiose way of talking to everybody else. And then when he's being real with Carol, it's like, here, listen up. <laughs> yeah, here's the man the man behind the mask. Yeah. Um, I think there's a little montage of him talking about that at one point the the face that he wears as the governor i think it's after shiva dies and after they get ambushed yeah i think there's a oh, more, you know i just that, i just got to shiva's death and oh 
Yeah. Dude, he sells that CGI tiger. Yeah, he does. Kari Payton is fucking talented. Yeah, because People that... I absolutely believe he has a deep emotional bond. Yeah, because nothing for nothing that it's not the best CGI tiger, but we'll suspend our disbelief. It's all good. He for does, that acting, he, fuck yeah, I will. He does a good... Yeah, he does a really good job. Um but yeah, Carol sees past the facade and he sees past her facade too. Yeah. When she's like, okay, your majesty. <laughs> he's, yeah. He's like, oh, she's, he's, he's bemused like from the get go. Yeah. He's like, she's not buying it. <laughs> <laughs> Negan and, and Lucille. Yeah. I do. I remember I was very emotionally charged when they did like the Here's Negan episode. Mm hmm. And I was like, I do not want to watch this. Problem is, is that I absolutely love JDM. Yep. And I absolutely despise Negan, <laughs> especially, you know, but the first time through. But it was very cool to see Negan's uh, and Lucille's relationship and where he started from and how he kind of got to where he got to. Mm-hmm. And so in so many words. But it was his choices to get her medicine and all this stuff that uh, ultimately she was going to pass anyways. Yeah. You know, he just did not take her passing very well. Yeah. And then he realized how people were out in the world and he had to put, again, somebody else putting on a mask to to navigate the world. Yeah. And then kind of getting lost in that mask like yes identifying with it instead of using it right right uh almost like a identity convergence you don't have your partner to reflect back to you who you are yeah you lose yourself yes yeah that's a perfect way of of describing that because maggie goes through that uh as well Mm-hmm. She leaves, she's gone, she's back. She's just acting how she's acting. And there's nobody to reflect that information back to her in an honest enough way that she'll re- reflect on it. Mm-hmm. And when Negan tries to do so, of course, she's. it's the same thing like Ron with Rick. If it's coming yeah. from you, she's not going to hear it. Yeah. But nobody else wanted to tell her that either. You know, Daryl's like, just let her be, man. Like, Daryl, even though Daryl can see that she maybe does need a little bit of somebody to check her, he doesn't do it. Yeah, I feel like he he doesn't think that it's his place. And that's possible. That's possible. But, uh, but yeah. But whose place is it, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But like, but it just, it just boils down to like what you said. When somebody knows you enough and you lose your partner... And you don't have anybody to reflect that back to you. It's just you get lost in whether it's the ego or the persona or the mask that mm-hmm. you you put on to navigate minus that person and to navigate that world. Yeah, it's just like what what do you use to fill that space? And Maggie uses Hilltop. She uses taking care of other people. And Negan literally names his baseball bat after his dead wife. Yeah. He is not doing okay. He's no. Once you recognize that that's what happened, that's when you know he. That's where he lost it. Oh yeah, you know. <laughs> we need some mental health facilities in the Walking Dead universe. Yeah, death and death and grief <laughs> is not a light thing, and I I wish that. I mean, I don't know. Like here in in the states, at least. Things are available, but they want to just charge everybody for everything all the time. And Mm -hmm. it's like, grief is hard. And these people are going through it every five minutes. In spades. Yeah. In spades. There's just not enough time to process and decompress. They just have to keep going. So these masks that are being worn, this armor, this proverbial armor that's being worn, is just getting bigger and bulkier and bigger and bulkier. Because mm-hmm. um, people don't have the chance to sit down and sort through everything. Yeah. Yeah. And I can identify with that a little bit. <clears throat> mm-hmm. Because it's just, it's a, it's like a self-preservation thing. 
Mm-hmm. But it's also like, you know, the mask that you choose to get yourself through it. If you do end up identifying with the mask instead of, you know, releasing it once it's no longer serving you. Mm-hmm. How did you make that choice? And um, why? What What did you think that that particular mask was going to how did you think it was going to serve you and how did it end up serving you yeah you know because like maggie is very much thinking about the future future she's pregnant she's got things to think about in terms of the long term when she goes to get the blueberry bush and she's like this thing could produce fruit for like 40 years mm-hmm. we need to be thinking that far ahead mm-hmm. and i think negan after he lost lucille it was about what do I need immediately? What do I need to get me through today? He doesn't have that far-reaching sense of the future. Yeah. And I think that's why the sanctuary gets out of control. Yeah, because he goes back to those guys who held him captive, right? Mm-hmm. And he takes care, quote, takes care of those guys. And then he basically creates a reputation for himself. Mm-hmm. And then he builds off of that reputation. Yeah. And he just think he didn't want to be bullied and he eventually became the bully. Yep. Yeah. Okay. Woo. Heavy stuff. Yeah. Lo- lots of lots of choices and mental gymnastics uh, going on with this card and the characters. And, and it all kind of does stem from, you know, them losing their, you know, because even when like, Change, shifting characters for a second. We we talked about this at some length in a different episode, but uh, when Rick loses Lori, mm-hmm. he you know he, he also loses his, his grounding, his purpose, his his know, identity. His like, whole he does not know who he is for a while. Yeah, because he doesn't have his best friend. He doesn't have his wife. Yep. He he has a baby without the woman there or without the wife there. You know what I mean? Um, and also, there's no body to bury. Yeah. Yeah, I think this is maybe one of the where we get enough of a chance to recognize that a death has happened where a, a, a proper burial couldn't have been. Yeah, couldn't have happened because that Walker like ate her. Yeah, which I find so strange because she was already dead. She was pretty fresh, though. So <laughs> but all right, I'm gonna let it I'm gonna let it go. Um <laughs> But yeah, that would be devastating. I mean, devastating anyways, but just not then not being able to finalize it, you know. Yeah. That that makes Rick a little bit on that. Especially because they were in such a weird place in their relationship at the time. Mhm. Like he wanted a chance to either work things out or decide not to work things out and they didn't even get to that point. Like she was gone before they could decide how to pro- how to go forward. Yeah, and I also think that uh, at that point in time rick did not really see the rest of the team as family yet yeah i think that is something else that once he comes around to that theme for himself is when he comes back to himself yeah that this is my team but these are this is my family now these are who I, people i need to take care of and all that Remember you saw me I didn't know what they could do. It's not on you, Daryl. Hey. It's not on you. You've been back with us here now. That's everything. brother it comes back to that um loving is what makes it living rather than just surviving like that just keeps coming up for me with the show and many of the cards (laughs) yeah i mean it's especially good for the lovers card too because i mean really every character has different dynamic there's different scenes between different characters um and watching their dynamic Mm one-on-one 
mm-hmm. is what makes the show very interesting. And so when you look at like the Rider Waite lovers card, it's just two two figures and the angel. Mm-hmm. And it's almost like what we discuss is between me and you. And and it kind of stays in, with me and you kind of thing. And mm-hmm. so you've got all these relationships developing with each other and then how they're making their choices based on on who they trust and who they don't. And, and, and it's, again, you know, being reflected back um, through the people that you care about. Yeah. Who you choose to call family helps you to, to define who you are. Yeah, because um, like a like a good example is when Morgan and Carol have conversations. Mm-hmm. At first, there's a, a opposition of, you know, what actions to take, but then they start to recognize that on some theological place found somewhere that they see eye to eye on things and they're Mm -hmm. both struggling with the same things. And so they can have these very candid conversations that she can't really have with other people. Yeah. Like when she tells him, uh, when people come here, don't tell them that I'm here. Like tell them that I left. Yeah. And he agrees to that. Yeah. But then he also says, you know, you're the one who has to talk to Daryl. Like he found you on his own. If you want to know things, if you, have things to say you need to have a conversation with him right right and then of course daryl and carol can talk about certain things and get that reflect like you're talking about that reflection that you know that partnership of somebody to bounce that information somebody who you feel really seen by Mm -hmm. especially sometimes in a in a particular way she couldn't have had that same conversation with daryl that she had with morgan yeah. Not that they couldn't have had that in conversation, but that the potency of what was to come out of that conversation would be different. Because mm-hmm. their relationship is different. Right. Okay. So I also I also love um I guess we'll just shift to some more characters. Um so there's Yumiko and Magda. As a relationship. And then there's Kelly and Connie. Kelly and Connie. Yeah. So I love Kelly and Connie like as twins. Yeah. Like the twins concept. They just know when things are wrong. They can uh, read each other. So well. And when Kelly's hearing starts to go, knowing, yeah. okay, my, but my sister's been deaf pro- all of her life. Yeah. And so she she already knows sign language. She has somebody that she can communicate with on that in that way, and as somebody who can guide her, like I know what it's like. Let me show you the ropes. Yeah, and I think that it's really beautiful too because the rest of the group starts to learn sign language. Yeah, and when they're out and they're you know on missions, if you will. Um, they can communicate very clearly using mm-hmm. the sign language without having to say a word. Yeah. So I love that, you know, they're like, this is our superpower. So, yeah, no, I think it's a beautiful thing. Yumiko and Magda. That's another one that's, that's super fascinating. Like, lawyer and criminal. <laughs> you know, we have this, like, really interesting balance between people in the couples on the show. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, sometimes they're so extremely opposite, right? Mm-hmm. And you wonder how it works, but it does. Yeah. And I guess that could even be like the yin-yang concept of how the lovers work, right? Mm-hmm. There's always a little bit of that opposite thing in you. Yeah. Uh, strengths and weaknesses that help bolster each other's strengths and weaknesses. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think this was a really difficult episode to try to record. <laughs> Because the word choice is just what choices are we supposed to be talking about? Uh, Yeah. Obviously, relationships are important, too. But, uh, yeah, this one one felt mercurial. Yeah, definitely. (laughs) And and, and airy and not grounded at all. So hopefully this all made sense (laughs) to you guys. (laughs) Um, Do you have any other points that you can think of? I don't think I do. 
there's more clearly, but if there's any other big ones that you think, you know, choices and stuff uh, come through in the show, let us know in terms of um, like the discussion question. I kind of just jumped right into it. I apologize. Um, <laughs> and how might have like a tarot reading have affected a character's choice <laughs> on the show? Like if, you know, people were trying to figure stuff out and they did a tarot reading, like where do you think maybe a tarot reading might have served a purpose? That might be an interesting... I might need to think yeah. about this, too. And how do partnerships affect choices made by characters? I like that one. I like that question. Yeah. I need to sit with these myself. <laughs> and then, of course, you know, if there's any other insights that you think we may have missed or points, let us know. You can send us an email at podcasttarotnerds at gmail.com. To reply, there should be a Facebook post as well, just to discuss these concepts a little bit. And additional information for this episode can be found on our website, TowerNerds.com, just in case you want a quick reference uh, of the topics discussed. Don't forget to sign up for the newsletter. And then next episode, we will be talking about the chariot card. How are we at the chariot already? I know. Okay. <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right. So we hope that you found this episode insightful and helpful and fun. Thank you for listening to TV and Tarot Talk no matter where you are. Don't forget to take some time out of your week to chill, so, chat, chat, and, and tarot. tarot. Catch you on the next episode. Peace. Bum ba da 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 da